Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From 1989 to 1993, I was a key holder for a local family-owned bakery located in a sketchy neighborhood in my hometown. My job called for me to arrive at 2 a.m. by myself, get the ovens and machinery started, and get the first batch of dough mixing. The initial mix needed to proof for about 30 minutes before I could start feeding it through the scowler, so I'd be able to relax during this half hour. I would generally sit in the front room of the bakery which was where we always kept pallets of flour, stacked one or two high, a few unused machines, and a long-winded bench along the wall. This room, which was about 35 feet by 35 feet, was lit only by whatever light was coming through the door, leading to the bakery proper, as well as the illumination of the streetlights, which spilled in via the front door windows. This meant only about one quarter of the room, the quarter with the long bench of the wall, had any light, the remainder of the room quietly faded into darkness. The feeling hit me within one or two minutes of sitting down. I was being watched. I knew I was being watched. Those of you who have ever had this feeling know how palpable this is. Because of the hour in the neighborhood, I religiously locked the front door behind me upon arrival, so I knew someone couldn't have entered the room and hidden there while I was occupied in the bakery. After stewing in my own paranoia for a few minutes, I happened to gaze in the darkened corner of the room. That's when I saw them. Two eyes, just visible through the blackness, looking directly at me. I shot to my feet, my heart pounding. The eyes disappeared with a clatter, as whoever, or whatever this was, has jarred something in its attempt to remain concealed. I stood motionless for a moment, and then I heard footsteps, but clearly not human footfalls. They were soft, being produced by something that had more than two legs and weighed a whole lot less. Something passing through the lighted area of the room caught my attention, and then I swiveled my head to get a look. It was a possum. Not sure which one of us was more shaken up at this point, but I either grabbed the broom or a piece of wood. The memory's a bit hazy here, and arm myself, 
hoping that I wouldn't have to fight off this rabid animal. The creature scurried under a wooden incline, which led to our freezers, an area I couldn't readily access. I banged on the incline several times, getting no response. After a few minutes without any traces of activity, I called it a draw and got back to baking. Later that day, a dead possum turned up in our parking area. Its neck had been torn out. If I had to guess, I'd say it messed with the wrong neighborhood dog. In any event, we never found out exactly how that stealthy possum accessed our flower area, and there was never another incident of that sort. So I work at a retail store as a cashier, and a few weeks ago I had an older couple, late 30s, early 40s, come in. It was around 9.40pm and the store was practically empty. This lady comes up to me to exchange an item, and in the middle of the transaction a dude comes up and stands next to her. He also has an exchange that I have to call my manager to approve. She approves it and leaves. While I'm exchanging what they bought, the lady says, your eyelashes are really pretty. I wear big falsies. I thank her because it's pretty chill and nice, you know. But then the dude follows up with, Yeah, isn't she pretty too? And she agrees. I'm a little weirded out by it, but I thank them again. The man asks, So when do you get off work? Even if it was just sarcastic and a weird version of a compliment, what are you supposed to say to that? I just asked him if he had a rewards card, and he chuckles and makes another comment about me not answering his question. I ignore him and tell him his total. When they leave, I'm low-key freaking out. I was scheduled to get off at 10, and our parking lot is mad sketch. It's huge, with one light in the middle of the lot. Now I park under the light because that's the safest, but it's a terrifying long walk to it. We also have zero cameras. The only co-worker at the registers was too far to hear the exchange, and no other customers were around. Now I'm debating asking my manager for someone to walk me out. I'm female, 17, but I've always told myself that I'd never be at risk at being attacked, as I'm 5'11 and 245 pounds with linebacker shoulders. I also frequently got confused for a 20-something year old, just adding onto the idea in my head that I'm too threatening to try. But sitting at the register, thinking, I realized just because the man was 5'8 and the girlfriend was 5'4 doesn't mean they don't know a 6'2 bitch or a few other bitches to face me. I broke and walked to my manager to come see me, and I explained to her what happened. At first I just told her the guy was being weird because I thought she would believe me more. But then she informed me she had helped them in the store, and the girl referred to the guy as her boyfriend. I then told her how she was also being weird, and she agreed to walk me out. At the end of my shift, I had a mini panic attack in the break room, and my manager, plus one of the coworkers, walked me to my car. Painfully awkward, because I felt so dumb, as no one was out there. Okay, so for a little bit of background... I used to work at a drive-up cafe shop that sells coffee and snacks like bagels and muffins. I live in a relatively small town and I never had anything happen like this before, so I was pretty shaken up. So it was a Sunday night and I was closing all by myself for the first time ever, being a new hire. And it was getting kind of late and virtually no one was coming through. 
So I just did some closing activities like sweeping and mopping. This is important because we store the mop and the broom in a separate room that can only be accessed by going outside and unlocking the room with a key. So I had the employee entrance unlocked since I was going in and out. It was starting to get dark and I'm due to leave in about an hour when this old Ford drives up. The driver was an older man, maybe 40s or so. I wasn't too phased by it because a lot of people work on the oil rigs in my town and if they're on the night shift, they'll stop by for a pick-me-up before making the three-hour drive out to the rigs. I opened my window, asked him what he'd like to order. This is where it gets weird. He didn't order any coffee or food. No. He asked me, Are you working alone? I most certainly was working alone, and even both of my managers were no longer in the neighboring pawn shop that they also owned, and this just makes my blood run cold. Thankfully, I'm smart enough to lie with a response. Oh no, my coworker will be back in a second, and my manager is coming here in about five minutes. He needs to take inventory. At this point, the man looks past me into the shop, directly at the cracked door behind me, and gives me a really creepy smile before pulling forward and signaling to turn down the road that goes right next to the open door. As soon as he could no longer see me, I jump over, slam the door shut, and lock the doorknob and the deadbolt. I was worried to leave the building that night because I didn't want to walk across a parking lot to my car. I thought he might be lingering around the area, waiting for me to get off work. I'm really glad that I never told him that I was working by myself. That was the creepiest encounter I've ever had at work. I live in Lalana. About a month ago, a woman was walking her dog at a nearby park and was stabbed and mutilated along with her pit bull. The brutality shocked the city to the core and has everyone on edge. Add that to another young woman who was followed home from the gas station after leaving work as a bartender and was kidnapped and murdered. This means we had a whole bunch of scared women in the city. Anyway, I worked very close to the park where the woman and the dog were killed and I've been extra careful since it happened. Last night I was working alone and I had scheduled a new client for a 5pm appointment thinking I'd be done around 7, 7.15 at the latest. However, she needed some extra work done so it wasn't until after 8.30 by the time I walked her outside to her car. We stood talking in the parking lot for a couple minutes before she got into her car. Here I should add that the parking lot is small and fairly secluded because of a large hedgerow and a retaining wall. After I made sure she was safely in her car, I went back into the salon and locked the door behind me with the intention of cleaning up and locking up. I was inside for maybe less than 10 seconds before I turned around and saw a man pulling on the door. There had been no one in the parking lot that I could see and there were no other cars other than mine and my clients. The guy appeared out of nowhere. As I said, I'm already on edge so I just stood there for a second, not sure what to do. He stood there staring at me with his hand still on the door handle. Finally, I walked up to the door. It's a glass door so I could see him and he could see me. I said, what's up? I could see that he was surprised that I didn't just unlock the door and open it for him. And he stuttered a couple times before pointing out the hair product on the wall, saying, uh, oh, I just wanted to buy some of that makeup over there. This is when I notice, one, he's got a pretty good black eye, two, he was wearing a fairly large surgical mask outside alone, which made me think he was trying to hide his identity. 
I told him that's not even makeup, that's hair products because this is a hair salon and we're closed. Then I turn off all the lights in the front of the salon and walk towards the back wall to hit those lights as well. Once I had all the lights out, I could see him, but he could no longer see me. I watched him because I didn't want to go out right after that. He ended up pacing back and forth at the front door for a couple minutes and then walked to the upper part of the parking lot above the retaining wall and stood there, half behind the tree and bush. He would stare at the salon door, then crouch down, then walk away all nonchalant, then come back to his hiding spot and stare at the door again. After watching him do this three or four times, I decided the next time he walked by, I would make a run for my car. As soon as he turned his back and started walking towards the direction of the park, I ran out, locked the door, and sprinted the 20 feet to my car in a full-on panic. Thank God for keyless entry. I had no idea what he was up to, or if he was really a serial killer. Probably not. Probably just someone trying to rob me. But what I do know is he definitely saw me in the parking lot talking to my client, and I did not see him. I also know that if I hadn't locked the door, I would have had a much different night. There's no question in my mind that he was going to harm me in some way. As a side note, lots of people have asked me if he may have been homeless, and I absolutely don't think so. He was well dressed, his head was bicked, and while he definitely scared the crap out of me, he did not give off the desperate vibe that a lot of the homeless, mentally ill, addictive people I've encountered in the past do. Those people don't really scare me, mostly because I feel sad for them and try to help them in some way. The guy had every alarm in my body screaming at full volume. If you're coming to the A right now, maybe don't. To give context, I'm a 25 year old male. I started a job at a company that makes lenses for glasses and immediately I was introduced to Nate, an awkward guy around my age that seemed like he had good intentions. He was nice enough, but I figured most people humored him when it came to talking to him. I was convinced that he was on the spectrum in the realm of Asperger's. I had a friend in the past who had it, and I didn't really mind. Besides, we seemed to like the same things, including Dungeons and Dragons. My D&D group was very small, and we wanted more people, and knowing that he was into D&D, I invited him to come join. My now wife, then fiance, immediately grew uncomfortable when he came into our home to make his character and when it came to actually playing sessions another girl at the table also expressed that she felt uncomfortable i didn't feel great about it so after three or four sessions we kicked him out and continued playing but i still had to see him at work which led to him always being sad around me but i wasn't going to give in eventually i kept telling him that i was starting up another group and that he could join one yada 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 his pity party was starting to annoy me, so I said whatever to keep him at bay. One day at work, he had the day off and the following weekend. Not me or my coworkers saw this as strange, but then when Monday came, he didn't show up. Tuesday, no show. This is very unlike him, because he was practically a teacher's pet. Soon one of my coworkers was moving around the warehouse with a phone in her hand, stopping people and sharing the news. Nate had been arrested in North Dakota as he attempted to meet an underage girl for sex. We were all in disbelief because that's the first feeling that hits you. You don't want to believe that someone like that could live in your town, but worse, work right beside you. 
Indeed, he was in contact with a minor over the internet and they set to meet up in the park with the intentions of having sex. The police were tipped off as a teacher happened to see one of the messages on the girl's phone. I nearly peeked when I heard the news. He was in my home and made comments about my kids being so cute, especially my daughter, which definitely made me more sick. He would talk to me sometimes about wanting a girlfriend and that he was just waiting for the right one to come along. Someone in his church group. And it now scares me to think about how old this girl was. One of my best friends at work mentioned that he went to install the washer and dryer at Nate's house. And when he was looking around, he was yelled at by Nate not to go upstairs. Not in a, oh, that's my room and I prefer no one to go up there type of vibe. More like, there's something up there and I don't want you to see it type of vibe. He was arrested and is in prison and remains there to this day. Just to show you that you can't really know everybody and that's what's truly scary. Hello, I'm a woman and basically that's all you need to know to understand how something like this could happen. In 2017, a guy wrote me on Facebook. He told me that he used to go to the same swimming class. He told me a story about how we met and I didn't remember the story, but not the guy. He told me how he looks now, but he had no pictures, so I didn't know. He gave me the most basic feature, brown hair, not muscular, but not thin or fat. Brown eyes, relatively tall. This literally could have been anyone in my country. I told him I remember the story and I didn't think much of it. He told me about a girl he was going to class with and I told him I know her. That was basically our first convo. I tend to barely reply when I'm not interested to let them down easy. He wrote me half a year later that he saw my speech on YouTube. He asked a few things about it. I answered as little as possible and he stopped texting again. Then for a whole year, nothing, and I forgot about it. He wrote me in late 2018, asking, Did I see you in the supermarket today? I was a bit creeped out because I did go to the supermarket, so I lied and said, No, I wasn't there today. So three years later, he wrote me, I randomly thought of you today. Hi. I said hi. How are you? I'm fine, working. I was actually ending work, but yeah. Oh, as of right now, or just in general? Both. Cool, and what's up with school? I'm in uni. Wow, which? I didn't tell him the city, or which specific training, but it's on my Facebook. Wow, cool, you like it? Yeah, my boyfriend lives nearby, so it makes it easy. This was my way of forcefully letting him know that I was dating. He casually chatted a bit more, then he stopped again. I thought I was done for another four years. He didn't bother me, more like annoyed me. I gave him clear signs of no, and I didn't think he wouldn't understand. Well, he didn't. Today I'm at work, and thank God I work with tons of people, and my boyfriend was there too. I suddenly see a guy around my age, just standing at the fence watching me. At first I think nothing of it, but he stares at me for 40 minutes. I'm finally done with my class and go up to my boyfriend and guy friend, telling them both that I think it's the same guy that has been texting me. They say it probably isn't, but then we all see him changing positions outside the fence so that he can see me better. There was a bush in the way. He got in his car after an hour staring. He left the doors open and kept sitting in his car for another half hour. 
My boyfriend said that he would park right next to the gate when I'm done, so he can't approach me. Luckily, he left before we finished, but I'm terrified to think that he would be following me, even though I don't remember him too well. I'm a 20-year-old female that works at a home improvement store. My coworker, who also happens to be my team lead, is a mother of two children and married. This is important and comes into play later on. We were in the self-checkout area. She is fixing one of the registers. The register she was working on put her with her back facing towards the customers. Nothing weird happened at first and I was doing my normal rounds. Then this old dude comes up to the register I had just cleaned, so I greeted him, and he did the same. This guy must have been in his 50s. He started scanning his stuff, and I noticed one of his items had a security tag on it, so I went to grab the magnet. As I'm walking towards him, I casually mention that I have to take the tag off, and he doesn't really say anything, and just nods. I start striking up a conversation with him. The guy is answering, but he's not looking directly at me. His eyes are fixed behind me. I thought the guy was just zoning out. When he sees that I notice, he quickly looks at me and continues the conversation. But it's pretty obvious that he's forcing it. Anyway, I took the magnet off and went to return it. I come back around to do my rounds when I noticed the same guy was still there and that he had changed the way he was facing. He was folding the receipt, but I could see his eyes were staring at something in front. It didn't hit me at first until I turned to see what he was looking at. He was staring at my team lead. Well, more specifically, a certain part of her. She was bent down to lock up the register. I felt my stomach drop and suddenly had the urge to throw up. I turned my back to the guy and noticed he had pulled out his phone. Before he had a chance to do anything, I walked up to him and asked him if he needed help with anything. In a low voice, he says, Yeah, can you help me get a piece of that beauty over there? Without thinking much, I said, I'm sure her husband thinks she's beautiful as well. After that, he stares at me blankly and says, he doesn't have to know, with this predatory look in his eyes. By this point, I'm not even disgusted anymore, just livid. In a loud voice, I say, thank you for shopping with us. Have a great day. At the sudden raise of my voice, a few people turned around, and that was enough for him to take off in a hurry. My team lead hugged me after I told her what happened. So creepy checkout, dude. I hope we never see you again. Years ago, I worked at a natural food store. I started there within a year of graduating from my first college and was trying to get a handle on working a regular job and paying for my own apartment by myself. Working in the store was alright, and it became better as I was allowed to work in the grocery department, which gave me more freedom to move around the store and a wider variety of tasks to perform. Periodically through the day, I would circulate through the stock room to check on a receiver to see if there was any new stock to put away. At times, independent local vendor representatives would drive up to the loading dock and bring the products that we ordered and needed to check in. For some reason, I crossed paths with one of the vendor reps from a local bakery, and anytime he was in the building, his attention would snap onto me. At first, I thought nothing of it. He usually was giving out prepackaged samples of new products to hand out in the store, and he would usually give me a couple even though I had no authority to order things. I just thought, Oh cool, free snacks. 
In case anyone has alarm bells going off because I was getting food from a stranger, this was a trusted vendor that had been at the store for years and years, and the baked goods samples were packaged where they were made. So they were the same safety and quality as if you had gone to the store and bought the full-size products. I had no reason to be afraid, so it continued off and on for a couple months. Eventually, the guy started asking me seemingly innocuous questions that were dispersed far enough apart that my naive brain didn't feel the need to put up my guard. He asked me things about like what car I drove and did I like it. He would cover up for his questions by adding extra explanations, such as he was thinking about getting a used car and was asking around for information. I told him I didn't have a car, which was true. I lived a few blocks away from the store at the time. After that, the guy wrote his number and first name on a piece of paper telling me I could call him if I ever needed a ride anywhere. I still didn't get it and thanked him politely, though I knew I would never take him up on that. Anywhere I needed to go, I could get there on a combination of buses and walking. I was very independent and didn't like to feel like I was inconveniencing anyone. One day I came to work as usual and went through the stock room. On the way to the time clock to punch in, the receiver rushed over and snatched me into a tight hug telling me that she was so glad that I was okay. I thought she was just being funny, so I asked her what for. She told me that the former vendor rep, who seemed to be enamored with me, had gotten a girl to get into his car with him. Then he drove to her apartment, attacked her, assaulted her, beat her bloody, then set her apartment on fire, fleeing the scene. Luckily, the woman that was attacked was able to escape the Bernie building by climbing through a window. I became much more wary of acquaintances after that. I feel really fortunate to have never put my trust in this guy and gone anywhere with him. You never know with some people. I was a store manager of a nationwide mall computer gaming store. This is long before GameStop and cell phones. We were located on the left side facing the middle of the mall with JCPenney's to the left at the end. This detail plays into what happened. My ex-wife is a strikingly beautiful Latina woman. She was only 20 and my daughter was one and a half at the time. Unfortunately, fortunately for us, we had very beautiful babies. They almost look like dolls. The reason why I say this is because my daughter attracted too much attention as a baby. We stopped going out in public because people were constantly approaching us and trying to touch her. It's a Sunday, and I would work the whole day since it was a short day. The three of us would go to work, and my ex-wife would dress her daughter up and herself to make a day of it. She liked to shop and wander for the day and come back to have lunch. Being a manager, I took long breaks as well. Everything is going fine, like any other Sunday. I go and give her some money, and my spidey street senses start going crazy. I look to my left and see a man intently looking at my wife and our daughter. I meet his gaze and he doesn't look away. We had a huge wedding, 200 plus guests, so I asked my wife if she knew the person that was staring at her. We both look up and he was gone. It couldn't have been more than 2 or 3 seconds since I last looked at him. There was something strange about him, I remember to this day. He was dressed in a dark grey suit and had a grey overcoat. Not to trouble her, I told her not to worry about it. We had lunch and we took the long way back to the store. We stopped by mall security 
I introduced her to the security guys who had become good buddies. I pulled them aside and told them what happened. They were concerned. We both stepped into the booth and I'm telling the person working there to let me know if they see him. My ex-wife loves to shop at JCPenney's and goes shopping in the store. Before she goes in, I tell her about the man in the gray suit. She lets me know that she'll keep an eye out for him. There's a call on the store phone, and the employee tells me it's the phone. And I'm like, yeah, I heard it ring. He tells me he needs some help. He pulls me aside and says, it's your wife. She sounds scared as hell. I jump onto the phone. She tells me that the man that I described had been following her for over half an hour. When he first showed up, she said he was reaching for our daughter. I immediately called security. They come up the middle with an employee standing and watch at the entrance of JCPenney. I go out the back to the parking garage, which was no more than 50 feet away. There's two ways to enter the store, front and back. Lots of emergency exits on the parking garage side. Luck would have it, a police officer had pulled someone over from the street and was in the front parking lot. By this point, I don't want the gentleman to go away. I want him caught. Everyone starts converging on the store. He's got nowhere to go. They walk to the station where my wife is surrounded by the store manager, several employees, and they have our baby behind the counter. The police officer had been alerted. Mall security escorts both of them out of the store to me. We put them in our car and they drive straight to her mother's. They continue to search the store, every nook and cranny. He was never found. To this day, I remember every detail, but the detail that sticks with me the most, his eyes were coal black. I'm a 22-year-old female, and I used to be a cashier at Walmart. While this Walmart wasn't in a super sketchy area, Walmarts are just sketchy in general. When I worked there, from ages 18 to 21, I was in multiple areas. I was a cashier, customer service, and electronics, so I have plenty good Walmart stories besides creepy ones. This one, however, happened during the first few months there. At the time, I was just a cashier and hadn't cross-trained in other areas. It was a normal day and I was manning the self-checkout and basically just watching the clock. There was really nothing to do besides that, unless you were called over by a customer or being yelled at by someone. Suddenly, a man came up to me. He looked to be in his late 40s to mid 50s and was pretty rough looking. All the self-checkouts were taken and he was the only straggler, so I decided to ring his items up at my station and send him on his merry way. He only had a couple. I greeted him like I normally would and immediately he began to shower me with compliments. He said how pretty my smile was, how nice my voice was, and how it was a pleasure to meet another pretty woman. Of course, I was uncomfortable, but being a naive 18-year-old, I just politely thanked him and continued the transaction. Then he started talking about all the ladies he had in his life, his many girlfriends. It went from that to, you could be one of those pretty ladies too. I'll treat you so nice, buy you anything you want, take you anywhere you want, you name it. I'll do it. I was silent out of shock and really creeped out. Again, this guy looked rough with a capital R. I know not to judge people, but this dude didn't look like what I imagined the sugar daddy would look like. Then he whipped out his phone. Let me show you pictures of my girls and how well they're taken care of. He then shifts to where he's beside me 
and shows me multiple photos of women, all of them posed on the bed in very provocative poses and revealing lingerie. He went on a tangent on how he could buy me nice things and how I could model it for him if I wanted to be one of his beauties. At this point, I wanted to throw up. I finally got some words out and said, Sir, this is really inappropriate. No thank you and have a nice day. He shrugged and then went to leave, but he just sat by the bench by one of the doors and just watched me for a while before he finally left. I called my manager over and explained the situation. She kind of yelled at me for a second, asking why I didn't call her over sooner, but eventually just had to AP do a sweep of the parking lot to make sure he still wasn't there. Apparently, trafficking had started to become an issue in the area because of how close to the highway it is. AP ended up walking me to my car, but since nothing illegal happened, there wasn't much to make a police report on, so they weren't called. I don't know if this was a trafficking attempt or an attempt to coerce me into prostitution, but I never want to find out either way. I was working for the city of Fort Myers on March 23rd, 2007. Some wooded area across the street from us was being surveyed. When we came back from our lunch, we noticed a cop is there and she looks a bit disturbed and is calling for backup. She told us while we waited with her that the surveyor had called in and reported finding a skull so she came to check it out and found two more. By the time everything was done, they had found eight victims, all killed the same way, all skeletons from the mid-90s. I think they have identified five now, but other than a person of interest, the murders are unsolved to this day. My manager is creepy. I'm a 16-year-old female and I work at a retail store. My manager is in his late 50s. There have been many things to lead up to this point. I've seen him snort white powder on multiple occasions. I've asked him about it and he says this is the anxiety medication. He calls me kiddo and trouble. He fist bumps me whenever I walk by and constantly asks me about my personal life. He has asked me how old I am multiple times. Yesterday I went to go check out some stuff I needed. He rang me up. My wallet shows the top of my ID, so he looked at me and asked to see it. I didn't think and gave it to him. He looked at it for a good two minutes before saying, Ha, nice. I've told my family about it and they are scared that he might stalk me, considering he now knows my address. I'm beyond creeped out. My other coworker feels the same way too. I don't know what to do from here since the company doesn't have a corporate HR. When I was in high school, I worked a closing shift at a fast food restaurant five nights a week. There was this guy that came in a couple times and flirted with me, but I didn't pay him too much attention and just kept doing my job. One night after close, around 1am, I started walking home and I hear someone holler from behind me, Hey McDonald's girl. I ignored it and he hollered again, Hey McDonald's girl, and ran to catch up with me. It was the same guy. I was completely freaked out but didn't know what to do, so I just kept walking and he just kept walking with me. I tried to make polite small talk, but I was so scared. This was in the early 90s, so no cell phones to call for help. I didn't know what to do, so I just walked home. I turned off the street before mine 
I have no idea if he continued to follow me undetected or not, but I rushed to my house and I never saw him again after that. When I told my mom what happened, she started dropping her car off for me after her work was over and eventually got herself a new car so I could have her old one. So I got a new car out of the deal. Well, new to me at least. I'm interested in crime-solving forensic TV shows. I worked in a hospital as a night charge nurse for years. I had a certain housekeeper that was male that was regularly assigned to my area. He was not particularly conscientious or good at his job. He often wore his work shirt unbuttoned with a dingy grayish hued white t-shirt underneath. He appeared to wear a hairpiece. He always seemed a bit off to me. He looked at everyone as if we could be insects he studied. I always treated him kindly, just as I tried to treat everyone. I would often notice him secretly watching and listening to conversations of myself and other staff members from behind doors, around corners. He just seemed to lurk everywhere. I once mentioned this to another staff member who worked in the labs down the hall, that he seemed like a serial killer to me and was spying on us constantly. The other staff member said, well first impressions are often correct. Once someone was talking about a negative girlfriend situation, and he went off saying how his girlfriend once made him so mad. Then his face contorted and demeanor seemed scary and super loud and menacing, barely able to control himself. One day he approached me and asked me if I would submit a positive review about his work to his supervisor so he could get a bonus. I said sure no problem. I submitted a positive review for him and he did get the bonus. My coworker asked, how could I do that when he's barely mediocre? I replied, I think he's a serial killer that just hasn't been found out yet, so I know when he picks his next victim, I've given him no reason to kill me. My story is not as scary, but it still weirded me out every night when I was working. I used to work night shifts at a small hotel, which was situated on the outskirts of the town I lived in. It was an old industrial site, but they had built a lot of new stuff there and there were no longer any factories. The whole area was a bit shady and got quite dark there as well. The whole setting was already a bit creepy. Our hotel was small and the staff changing rooms, showers, and toilets were situated basically in the basement. I hated to have to use those facilities since I always got an uneasy feeling every time I went down there. It's hard to explain, but it's just an overall uncomfortable feeling. The toilets and showers were in the very back. To get to the toilet, I would have to pass the showers, which had shower curtains on them. Every time I would go past them, I was sure that I would hear a rustling and weird quiet sniffling noises coming from the showers. Sometimes the water was running on one of the shower boots, even though nobody was taking a shower. I had to always open the shower curtains on my way to the toilets since I hated the fact that they were closed and anything could be behind them. It was always nerve-wracking to do so. Then I would run to the toilet as quick as I could and then run back upstairs. But every time I would go back downstairs, the curtains would be closed again, even though no one had been down there. It was generally creepy down there. And the more time I spent down there, the creepier it got. The feeling that something bad is going to happen if I spent more time down there than necessary. I tried to ask about this from my colleagues, but no one really knew anything about the building. 
but I was certainly not the only one that hated to use those bathrooms. I am happy I don't work there any longer. I can do my business in the toilet without rushing 